0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 37 and we're getting to the part of the story where Joseph's brothers are wanting to kill him. And that's really what happens here, and in every real and perfect sense, that's exactly what's going on. Love to start the week off with this, but it's not a bad thing to study God's word at any time, and so we're going to start with verse eighteen it says it says here that now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, they conspired against him to kill him. Now remember his dad had sent him to go check on him, obviously they were people of such character that they needed to be checked on it was obvious that they couldn't handle their business they couldn't act right and just tell you the truth they just they needed somebody to go check on them we talked about the spiritual journey that joseph took and all of a sudden there he's here and he's been led there been sent there by the father and then been shown there by this these own unknown persons, these unknown helpers, unnamed really. They're known but they're not named. And ultimately that's a picture of the Father sending and the Holy Spirit guiding. And he is here and he's about to be killed. So many times in life we find ourselves in that situation where we think God has led us to the point of destruction. The truth is God's not led us to the point of destruction. He's not in the business of destroying us. And you say we die. A lot of people die. You see, if somebody, <laughs> I've heard somebody say a lot of people die. The truth is that is a that is probably the most elegant of all um Mathematical equations, one equals one, or one out of one is the number of people who die. Everybody dies, every, for every person that lives, there's one person that dies, meaning that you're going to live and you're going to die, and that is the way it is, and there is no escaping that. It is the elegant number one equals one, or A equals A. It's just the way it's going to be. We do not live life in fear of death. Death, in fact, for us, is just the end of the physical life and the beginning of eternal life in its fullness. You have eternal life inside of you. It, you just don't know how to use it and not know how to function in it perfectly. The Holy Spirit's guiding you in that, but uh, the truth is that in life, in the way we live and what we do and who we are, that elegant number of 1 equals 1 is a powerful number, and it ultimately leads to us spending eternity with God. And so eternal life is the end of life. It is the end of the physical life and it is the fullness of what God has for us. So fearing death is really what the apostle Paul said. It has no victory or sting. It doesn't sting us and it doesn't win over us. Death is just death. death is just a natural progression toward what God ultimately has for us. And his brothers, though, have proven already that they are capable of murder because, obviously, they murdered a whole city. And it's pretty on point and obvious that if they're willing to murder a whole city, then, obviously, they're willing to murder their brother. Now, not all of them want to do that, and not all of them are murderers. But the problem is that they're hanging out with each other. They're living with each other. They're brothers. And they're doing their father's business together. And the Bible has a, has a very short phrase. Sometimes people, it's practical. It's so purposeful that even lost people in the world will use it. And, and so at times you almost think, is that really in the Bible? And the answer is, yeah, it really is. Bad company corrupts good character. Who you hang out with during your free time <clears throat> is likely who you're to become. And oftentimes, we become those we are with. And their character rubs off on us, and our character rubs on off on them. And John proffers the question in First John. He says, what fellowship can light have with can't? And so one of them is going to win. And oftentimes, that bad company, if you hang out long enough with it, you will be corrupted by it. And the character that God has begun to work in you and begin to grow in you will ultimately be worn down and you will begin to take on the character of those around you. And we already know that two of the brothers have a character of murder. Rather than dealing with the issue properly, rather than being straightforward and dealing with it in a, in, in a, a real and legal way, they just, they just tricked a village, a city, and when they got them vulnerable, they killed them all. And if you're willing to do that, well, you're willing to kill your brother also, and uh, the other brothers had a natural instinct toward doing that and by the way, that's what bad character does. You already have a natural instinct toward sin. you already have a sin nature, and so if you place yourself in the presence of those who are uninhibited by sin, who do not do not have anything in their life that's causing them to try to do or act or become better than they are. If you're around them on a regular basis, that inhibition towards sin will become your inhibition towards sin. And when they see him afar off, they don't like him. They don't like his dreams. They don't like his visions. They don't like how his father loves him. They don't like the way he carries himself. And they don't like that he uh, is not willing to compromise and be involved in their sin because He's already proven that he's willing to he's willing to spill the means as far as how they're acting and who they were coming. So he said. Then they said to one another, "Look, the dreamer is coming." That word also can be translated "master of dreams." And notice we studied this when we very first Bible study we did on Facebook as a church and as right as the pandemic was hitting its its zenith as at the beginning, Genesis chapter one, not Genesis Psalm chapter one says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the mocker. And that is a progression. You you walk in the way of the sinner. What you do is you're walking and see sinners out there or giving you advice, or you're around them, and they're giving you direction, and then you you stand and stop and listen and reason it out. And always when you reason with your heart, with sin, you choose it. And then ultimately you sit and you mock what is God, you mock what is good, you mock what is right. And they are mocking their brother. And we know Joseph's a man of great character because we're going to see that down the line. The next few chapters you're going to see the depth and the breadth of Joseph's character where you're going to see that going on and his brothers are mocking that. And the reason they're mocking that is because they do not have that character. Don't allow the mocking of others to keep you from walking in the character and the nature of God. That is foolishness. Don't allow the world who hates what God is and hates will hate anything that is God in you, don't allow them to change how you're living your life how you're walking in your life, how you're becoming. Now, that being said, we don't, do not pay them back hate for hate. The Bible, Jesus clearly says, love those who despitefully use you. And we don't hate them back. But what we do is we recognize the system and we recognize the process and we reject that process. That's just what we do. He said, he says they, then they said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him we shall see what will become of his dreams they're going to put they're going to put an end to that and listen the world wants to put an end to who you are what the world wants to put an end to what God's doing in your life the world wants to ultimately destroy that and if they can't guide you away from it the world can't take you away from the things God has for you. It wants to kill you. And they conspired together. And I always think when I'm a, an attorney, as an attorney, that word conspiracy is an important term. That you uh, There's an agreement to commit a criminal act. And then there is an action in furtherance of that agreement. That is what a conspiracy is. So they agreed together to commit a criminal act. And then they act, one act in furtherance of that conspiracy, ultimately you can be convicted of it. So if you you agreed to kill someone and you sent someone into the other room to get some guns to kill them, and they went and got those guns and brought them back, you've got a conspiracy now. And conspiracy In a conspiracy, you can be convicted of the crime, even if it never, ever culminates in in the full action of that crime. So what you have is all the brothers are now caught up in this conspiracy. Not all of them want to be in it. And the only way for you to leave a conspiracy is for you to exit stage right, meaning when you realize that they're acting conspiratorially, you have to leave. You have to get away. You can't stay there. You can't just sit there and watch it happen. If you've agreed to it, and then there's actions taken in furtherance of that conspiracy, you've got to get away from it. You've got to, if you agreed, then you have to, in some way, become disagreeable to the conspiracy and remove yourself from it. And ultimately, we have one that is disagreeable to the murder. He's not disagreeable to the assault and the selling of his brother off into slavery. And that's Reuben and understanding that not everybody is but understanding that just because you're not as bad as your friends doesn't mean you you're not absolutely as guilty as they are of the things that they do especially when you're living and you're living like the world you are every bit as guilty as they are just because you choose not to do as bad doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're not every bit as guilty of the things that they're doing and I've had so many clients, so many clients who uh, were not murderers, were not robbers, were not thieves, were not rapists, were not whatever, whatever happened. They weren't really that, but the people they were with had that in their heart for sure. And because they couldn't get away from their friends, because they couldn't extricate themselves from them, ultimately they were convicted of the exact same thing that their friends were involved in and uh, and went off to prison for years and years even though ultimately they did not do any action that was a part of the crime. They just didn't do any action as part of crime. And You say they got convicted of the crime, yes. There was an agreement between the parties and there was an act in furtherance of that agreement. And even though they may not have held the gun, even though they may not have fired the shot even though they might not have committed the assault or done anything involved in it. They were there and there were actions done in furtherance of the crime. And so they are associated with it and they never extricated themselves from it. And ultimately they were convicted of it. And uh, I can say this, it, it is a scary thing to have teenagers and the realization that's how easily something like that can happen. And it really can. Three teenagers go into a mall, going to a, a a store. One two of the teenagers loves to steal things. They look at clothes. They all go into the changing room. One of them tells the other two to put on the, and then put on their clothes over the top of it. And they'll just walk out of the store. The one who's not going to do it doesn't put the clothes under their clothes, doesn't say anything about it. But they don't immediately leave when they figure out that the criminal act has taken place. And they all three walk out of the store together. They catch two of them with the clothes on under the clothes they wore in the store. And you know what they do? They prosecute all three. And that is a scary thing. And it's a necessary thing that we need to teach our children that you are associated with the actions of your friends. You're associated with the actions of the people around you. And if you do not extricate yourself from those, you're going to be associated with them. And let me tell you, it's the natural, it's biblical. It's, it just happens that way. Reuben didn't want to kill his brothers, his brother, but ultimately um, that's what ended up happening. They did beat him. They did sell him into slavery and they would have killed him perhaps if it not be for Reuben. But Reuben's still guilty of it all and he is going to, he's going to pay the price for it himself. It says, but Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. Now, what Reuben was going to do was he was going to leave him there to die, but he wasn't going to kill him himself. He was not going to commit the act on his own. That's just a lesser version of murder. It's not the same, but it's a lesser version. And it can't be It can't be over, you can't overlook it. And it shouldn't be overlooked. He says, shed no blood, but he's going to allow that person, he's going to allow that brother of his to die in that pit in the wilderness. And he says, don't lay a hand on him, just throw him in the pit. And they didn't. They beat him, and they threw him in the pit. The only way for you to get his blood, the only way for you to get Him into that pit was to overwhelm him by physical force. And I'm sure they didn't just grab him and take him into custody very nicely and then throw him into the pit gently. They were in the business of murder. And the only thing that kept them from actually physically killing him at the moment was Reuben and also God. Because God had a plan for Joseph. And God's plan was going to work itself out. And God used his resources in the event to bring about his purposes in the event. And Reuben was a resource of his, but Reuben also was in with his brothers. Reuben could have extricated himself from the situation. In fact, Reuben perhaps, because he was the oldest brother, could have saved his brother from all of it and kept the younger brothers from doing that. But he didn't, he allowed them their pound of flesh. And ultimately this is going to lead to a lot of, well, pain and anguish. And for of them, it's going to lead to them not having God's very best for their families and for their future down the road. So I would say to you this morning as we start the week off with a story of murder that was thwarted, but ultimately a destruction A conspiracy of death. I want to start this week off saying that God's purposes were worked out in this. And the dreams that Joseph has come about because he has to end up in Egypt so that he can gain authority and put himself in a position where his brothers come and seek him out and even his mother and father come and seek him out and bow down to him because God brings about his final and good and perfect will in our lives, no matter what we're thinking, no matter what happens around us, no matter what our fears are, no matter what our struggles are, he is always at work and he is always ultimately bringing about his perfect and pleasing will. And you can expect that. You need to surround yourself with people who are people of grace, who are people of love, who are people of God's purposes and his will, who are people who have decided that his best is the way things should be and ought to be, and they're going to chase after it. And if you'll surround yourself with them, they will lift you up. They will carry you to new places. They will put themselves, they'll put themselves in a position to help you be who you are. Because God's people, when you're hanging around people who chase after, they ultimately look around for people to love and for people to share their grace with. And if you're in great need of that, you need to be around people who are seeking to do that because that's where it comes from. And As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.